Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard, and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story, and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. As a platform for truth and healing, we are on a mission to help others that suffer from PTSD and help bring awareness to mental health issues. To hear my story and others, you can find Invisible Tears wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Familial DNA has solved some pretty big cases. But what about the small ones? The ones not everyone knows about, but deserve their moments in the spotlight. On January 30th, 1976, a woman was attacked in her home and her case would become almost instantly cold. It would take 40 years and familial DNA to finally see the ending that she and her family deserved. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On January 30th, 1976, 32-year-old Karen Class, who just dropped her four-year-old off at school, was coming back to her home in Hermosa Beach, California, when she was brutally grabbed, sexually assaulted, raped, and strangled with her pantyhose. When she failed to meet her friends for coffee that morning, they all went to check on her and were greeted by a bearded man with long, bushy hair. When he caught sight of them, he said, Hi, ladies before fleeing from the house. They called the police and Karen, found nude lying on the bedroom floor, was rushed to the hospital. Though the young mother survived her sudden attack, she never regained consciousness and would later succumb to her injuries just a few days later in the hospital. 
Now, quite a few people knew who Karen was prior to her murder. The ex-wife of Righteous Brothers singer Bill Medley, friends, family, and fans were desperate to find out who could possibly want Karen dead. Police, wanting to know the same thing, held onto Karen's bra, pantyhose, and the towel found lying next to her for the next 40 years in the hopes that biological evidence may, one day, lead to her killer. Because although their investigation was thorough, DNA was nowhere near what it needed to be to catch her killer. Unfortunately for the cold case detectives, neither was crime scene preservation, as they were left with copious notes, but not a single photo of the scene, or Karen, to go by. Investigators back in 1976, according to protocol, only took photos if someone's body was left at the scene. So, because Karen initially survived her attack, none were taken. Reopening her case with very little to go by, detectives were able to forensically clear all of the men in Karen's life, her ex-husbands and boyfriend, as well as five other suspects of any involvement. Then, in 1999, they requested DNA processing of the evidence and the creation of a DNA profile, which, for the first time, they ran through a database containing any and all convicted felons. This search, unfortunately, came up empty. They did the same in 2011, and again, nothing came up. Then, a completely random phone call came in that sent the whole investigation into a different direction. The lead forensic biologist who worked the case, on a whim, called over to the cold case detectives and asked a very simple question. Ever thought of doing familial? Realizing that's all they had left, they jumped on the chance for a new lead and, using this new and controversial crime-fighting tool, sent over the evidence they had so technicians could create a family tree using the genetic profile, a technique that, at the time, was only approved for use in nine different states. After months of red tape and a lot of anticipation, the panel that had to approve of the testing accepted Karen's case. With a lot of hope, forensics ran the DNA and, once again, came up completely empty for not just their killer, but relatives that could be used to find that killer. No one was willing to give up, though, and in 2016, another call came in and offered to rerun the DNA in hopes that some familial matches could be found. Then, it finally happened. After four long decades of police work, forensics, and a lot of hope, a man named Kenneth Eugene Troyer was connected to Karen Class's murder via a, quote, father-son, immediate relative, connective DNA. A man who, according to the authorities, may have had a relative who lived in Karen's neighborhood and was seen walking in the area just days before her death. A man who, though just 29 years old when he killed Karen and a serial sex attacker, would not stand trial for the crimes he committed against her. He was killed by police in 1982 after escaping from prison. Though the family was devastated that justice could not be served, they were relieved to finally have answers in a decades-long cold case that took the life of a loving mother, a caring friend, and an overall wonderful woman. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on January 31st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember... Stay safe.